When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The real problem is that like, oh, I'm just afraid of intimacy, which feels like this heroic way of saying like, you're kind of shitty at love. Mm. And you know yeah. that's deep down. Yeah. But instead of admitting that to yourself, you create these scapegoat reasons why you're going to fail before mm. you truly know you were going to fail anyways. Sure. Okay. You Let's ready? do this. <laughs> Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Who Can Relate. I'm here in a, if you're watching, a beautiful setup. And um, this is one of my favorite couples in the world. Um, one of my best friends. Me? Jared. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. So I'm just going to go unorthodox. Um, do you know what's fascinating? I was actually thinking about that this morning how you probably understand me in a way that 90% of people don't mm, because that? you've experienced what most people, especially in LA haven't, you've met everyone in my family. Oh, okay. You have literally, I always tell people, you're yeah. not going to really truly know me until you met my dad. Yeah. You've not only met my dad, yeah. my dad emails you sometimes. <laughs> I think he follows you on social media. Yeah. You're friends with my sister you met my mom yeah. you know my niece and nephew yeah you've held my daughter yes your best friends and my husband so yeah. maybe we are best friends wow Jay. maybe maybe we I, are. it's time for me to be upgraded into the favorites of your phone even though we've texted twice in the history of our say, relationship yeah. maybe it's time we had one and a half phone calls i think yeah. the half was like do you want taco bell or do you want subway um anyways the answer would be subway the answer would be subway okay so, uh, in case you haven't noticed, we have Miss Shambooty. Which, do you want Subway for lunch today? I actually brought my own lunch. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, sorry. I just got to get rid of these leftovers. Miss um, Shambooty, welcome to Who Can Relate. I appreciate you for hosting this, this episode. Um, I got to give the bio. Okay, is that cool with you? Yeah, you already gave it. You should just put that cut in there. Uh, it, it'll be in the bonus content. Okay, fine. Um, so, we have mother, <laughs> wife, author sexologist and i title you the queen of creating content to be honest jd because in this earlier run through i told you it should have been reversed yeah you didn't listen it still can i'm i'm, I'm one who edits losing points right I'm now one who edits, so you're, you're gonna cut it backwards now i could okay I'll finesse it. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so today um first of all it's an honor to have you on all jokes aside um i was super nervous to even ask you to come on the show um i didn't feel like the show was worthy of your presence kind of so to speak um but i'm hyped and you when know what the actual truth is though yeah i am always excited for friends to get the favor out of the way 
because mm. now it's done. It is a big now relief. Now you don't know what I'm going to ask you. Mm. So you got to be worried about that. I Because I know you and all that is you, I am a little worried. You should be worried. I, yeah, I think like when worried. somebody from high school hits me up and they're like, yo, can you do me a favor? I'm like, amazing. Because no I know problem. at some point yeah. you're going to ask. Sure. So now this is out of the way. And then now it's my turn to be like, okay, what am I going to ask okay. of them? Well, I was relieved. Now I'm super nervous. You should be very nervous. I am. Well, today I'm going to take full advantage of your time then <laughs> to make sure I'm getting all my money's worth. Um, but I'm super excited. I know you're going to be great for the audience for sure. Um, I want to talk about self-sabotaging. I want to talk about um, self-worth and particularly pertaining to the relationship side of things. Um, I consider you an expert on a lot of levels, especially when it comes to intimacy as well. So <clears throat> let's dive right into it. Um, I've noticed in my relationship history that I was one who would self-sabotage. And a large part of that was because of the fear of intimacy, not just sexually, but the fear of intimacy as far as letting someone in, um, as everyone is so you know used to me saying now, but I, I come from a um, abandonment background, a, a neglect background. Um, I grew up alone. So letting the idea of letting someone in, especially a partner, and allowing me to trust that person um, is one of the scariest things I've ever actually faced. Um, and with all that being said, it's still kind of evident in my marriage. There's a lot of times where I feel like Shay doesn't really feel like I've let her all the way in. And I've tried to explain therapy helps. And hopefully this episode helps her understand um, why that is. So I guess my first question to you is, is what is your own personal definition of self-sabotaging in relationships yeah i told you i had a really visceral reaction to this topic yeah. and not when you posed it to me it was actually yeah. i was a guest on uh sophia with an f's podcast who was part okay. of the call her daddy team yeah. and mm -hmm. she had this segment where people called in and asked a question and somebody was like i self-sabotage in relationships how do i stop mm. and i was like "Ugh." i didn't answer and then sophia had answered the question and i was like why does that bother me mm -hmm. um and it was i'm actually in school right now and mm -hmm. one of the courses i'm taking is called human learning mm -hmm. and it talked about self-sabotage there and i was like bingo that's what it actually is okay so it explained it that self-sabotage is a technique that people use when they know that they're not prepared for success so okay. it's like hey i don't I procrastinate on handing in my assignment because mm. I know I'm probably gonna get a bad grade. But that way, if I procrastinate, I don't have to blame it on the fact that I'm not that smart in this sure. topic area or I'm not prepared. I blame mm. it on the fact that, oh, I only took two days before I did it. Right. So this person who called on that, pod on that podcast was saying that I get into these relationships mm -hmm. and I back out even though the person is great. Right. which kind of sounds virtuous like oh you're mm. just afraid of love or you're just yeah. this but yeah. the real truth is like you haven't done the work you're not prepared right. to succeed in a relationship subconsciously you know that sure. so you quit early so you give yourself an excuse so you mm. can say oh it's not that i actually yeah. don't know how to communicate effectively or it's not that i don't know how to apologize or um i get really anxious around people i get close to the real problem is that like oh i'm just afraid of intimacy which feels like this heroic way of saying like you're kind of shitty at love mm. and you know yeah. that's deep down yeah. but instead of admitting that to yourself you create these scapegoat reasons mm -hmm. why you're going to fail before mm -hmm. you truly know you were going to fail anyways sure and you keep running and at the end of the day I, I just kept running i kept thinking well subconsciously once i either a get exposed by the woman i'm going to run or b once i feel the relationship getting more serious i 
psych myself out. I'm like, I, I don't even know what a happy marriage looks like. I don't want to, or a happy relationship. I don't want to do it. I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to hurt myself. M- more importantly, first and foremost, and I would just find the exit door. Yes. And what I was doing was I was trying to take control of the situation. And when you try to take, as I've learned in therapy, when you try to take control of the situation, you're actually just providing yourself with the false sense of security. Yes. I had no idea because I felt secure. It's an ego protection. <laughs> it is. You're protecting that part of yourself that doesn't yeah. want to admit hard truths. Right. And again, it's easier to admit that I probably should have studied longer than mm-hmm. it is to admit that I might study all that I can and still fail right. because I'm probably not well equipped for this given task. Sure. So I think that that's to me what self-sabotage is. It is an ego protecting mechanism. And if you can accept that, because mm-hmm. I think people use self-sabotage again to like give themselves like a little. Sure. Yep. It's not that I don't know how to love. Yeah. It's that I'm afraid because I've been hurt in the sure. past. Sure. Yeah. That false sense of security. Um, I love the quote, um, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. And that applies in every aspect of life, especially in relationships. And for me, instead of taking the time to work on myself, because it's hard, it's hard to take a look in that it mirror. It is very hard. It's hard to accept the things that you need to change, that everyone keeps saying like, hey, you're the common denominator in this department. And for, for men, for me especially, it was ego, heavily. Um, so moving on to why it's so hard to take a look in the mirror. Um, you said something recently that, uh, I'm just gonna read it because I can't even mess up this quote. You said that change something about yourself rather than just changing your mind. Can you explain that a little bit? Yes, I'm working on this podcast right now, actually. Mm -hmm. And in it, I am helping somebody get over a toxic past. And they're in this cycle where they can't get over their ex and they don't understand why because they know their ex is completely... Not the one. Not the one, not the move. um, Mm -hmm. And everyone around them knows that, but yet still they're hung up on this person. And it's interesting because the more that you dive into, okay, why are you still hung up? It's like all you've done since the breakup is change your mind. You have changed none of your habits. You have changed none of your behaviors. And you wonder why it's so easy for you to keep falling back into that cycle. Sure. And people think that changing their mind is like, that's, work is done. Sure. You know, I've decided that Mm -hmm. I want to get into better shape. Mm -hmm. But if you decide that, but you didn't buy any equipment, hire a personal trainer, if you know that you have a hard time with accountability, throw out all the sugary bad, like throw that out. Yes. We don't swear in this podcast. We can. All right. Throw that, (laughs) throw that mess out in the garbage, like, or start putting limitations on yourself of like yeah. when you can eat or what it, it's just anyhow it's sure. so much more than just changing your mind and setting an intention mm-hmm. i find that people often do this especially with things like relationships where we don't get enough information on how to build a healthy one right so people again to their um defense it's hard to really put the work in because you don't know what the work looks like sure because maybe no one in your family did the work mm-hmm. um and they probably had not so great relationship as a result of that. <laughs> but I think a lot of people are like, I want better love. Yeah. I want to be more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I want to be more connected. I want my next relationship to be healthier. Mm-hmm. And then they don't do anything different mm. to service that intention. Or they wait and expect their new partner to bring everything to the table while you just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride Yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> was sitting back like I have everything together. Um, unfortunately that was on the exterior. Um, I very much so took my, my gym routine seriously. I took my diet seriously. Um, I took my skincare routine seriously. I made sure that on the presentation side of things, everything was checked off the list again, externally. Yes. But that also links back to your job though. 
So you got into those habits because yeah, like, that was that's fair. Mm-hmm. how you maintained a living. Yeah, I'm, I'm a walking billboard. Essentially, I'm a walking business card resume, so to speak. Yeah. But I mean, this full, full, full disclosure. I also I know that this is not appropriate for your business card. But ahead. like JD, the walking billboard is kind of cool. You like that? It's a it's a cool thing to say about yourself. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's the truth. It is what it is. But but I think um, if if I'm being honest with myself now, and definitely in hindsight now, back then, I knew that let me work on the exterior so much that I distract you from the interior. You said something about have you done an episode just about modeling? No, you God. should totally really. I, I could honestly ask a billion even oh. today when you came. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I am mind blown with the fact that you work as a model. Mm-hmm. How somebody works at a financial advising like a nine company. to five. It's a yeah. nine to five job. Yeah, um, it's a lot. It's I I I don't know anyone like that, and I just mm-hmm. didn't know that that was like a thing. Yeah, because even I'm uh, I mentor Winnie Harlow for a living. And oh wow! I didn't not know for that. a living. That's f-ing weird. <laughs> I don't get paid to do it. But I've been Winnie Harlow's mentor yeah. since her career began. I've I've been working with her for like nine years now. Yeah. And she doesn't work every day. Mm. I mean, I don't work every day either. It just this this past week was wild. That was the first time I worked five days in a row since 2019. Okay. So it's like a good week for me is um I well one one job a week is technically financially good, um based on my standards now for money but then twice three times a week is like just bonus cherry on top kind of stuff just extra so to speak so yeah you need to have an episode on the wacky world of a male model yeah i guess i could yeah okay Okay, anyhow sorry yeah no worries so um it brings me to your another quote that you said which is um everyone needs a mirror you can't know what you need to fix without a mirror and you gave me the uh the booger analogy (laughs) explain the booger analogy really quick seen again meeting my dad makes all these things make so much more sense i didn't question it who i am as a person and why that would be the analogy i would go to Uh, so in essence this is a robert green thought Mm -hmm. which i don't know where he got it from but Mm -hmm. he basically said that people need an external object to see themselves physically we know that Mm -hmm. because if you you know do you ever have those days where you go out and you're like, I look amazing. Yeah. Like I'm have I'm feeling myself. For like sure. you just have all this confidence. Mm-hmm. And then you see a mirror and you're like, Oh my I had gosh. This on my, in my I've teeth had this, this whole time. Massive booger. Yeah. You know, and I was talking to people and like <laughs> yeah, yeah. laughing with my nose and everyone could see it, but yeah. There's no possible way for you to see that without a mirror. Sure. You have to acknowledge that you can't feel the booger on you. You can't just sense that. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing when it comes to self-insight and seeing ourselves Mm -hmm. from the inside. You can't just intuitively see yourself how others see you without an external object. Sure. And that external object can be therapy. Mm -hmm. It can be critiques from other people. Mm -hmm. Um, It might be a workbook that you do where you write it out and then you read it and you actually see yourself written on paper, see your results reflected back at you in a certain way. It can't just be like, well, I'll just think about how I feel about myself and that's going to show me who I am. Yeah. Or change the thing that I think I need to change about myself when it's like, that may be what you think, but what does everyone else think as a common collective? I had this experience um, several times in relationships where I kept saying I would just take the same me thinking I fixed everything into a new relationship expecting new results. Yes. And you told me yesterday that that is technically a form of insanity. When you continue to do the same things over and over expecting new results, it's a form of insanity. Um, But I also had that experience with Jared, with your husband, um, when we were at the house and, and him and I got into a disagreement and Los was there as well and he was kind of the mediator. 
so to speak. I wish he mediated more on the podcast, but nonetheless. And um, <laughs> I can <laughs> he see was the mirror. I see the potential. Los was the mirror. So was Jared. And they were the mirror because the way that they were reacting based on my actions shocked me. I had never seen, especially a grown man, have this reaction towards my actions. And it made me think, okay, maybe I am in the wrong right now. I literally had an out-of-body experience at this point. I'm like, maybe I am in the wrong. And then it made me think, nah, no, <laughs> the, the, the new me, the, the old me. Yeah, for sure. The old me would cut them off Yeah. with no, I, I've learned how to say no without oh, that explaining been a myself. Ending moment. Um, in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Years ago. Sure. Um, because I was self-sabotaging. I was a, cause at that point, my now hindsight moment in that moment was I care about this friendship so much. I will do whatever I have to do. You know what? Can we just as an edit mm-hmm. refer to self-sabotage as ego protecting? Yes. I think ego protecting is uncomfortable to say. Self-sabotage feels a little... Safer? It feels safer. Yeah. Okay. Ego protecting. For women too? Yeah. Okay. So I was ego protecting and um, I realized that in that moment, God, how have the women who I've been with felt when I argue with them? How have they felt when I yell? When I, I was, I guess, as to Los's point, the way I was moving was a threat, could be conceived or perceived as a threat. And I was like, that's just how I am. I'm a very passionate person. I talk with my hands. I move, especially when I'm hyped about something. So it made me think about the women when I argue with them. And I drove home that night. I mean, we, we fixed everything. Everything was cool afterwards. But I drove home that night. Radio was off, no music, no nothing. And I just sat in silence and, and in my thoughts. And I woke up the next morning and I was moved to tears. Oh. I was so emotional. I couldn't contain it. And Shay was there. And Shay, um, <laughs> it's funny because when I told her what happened, she was kind of like, yeah, that's exactly, I, I feel like Jared. And I was like, babe, honey, okay. I appreciate. I hate when, when partners do that. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Yeah. The intention's great. That's what I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> right. I'm like, but the horse is down right now. Stop kicking yeah. it, please. Okay. And I said, I just need, I need you to listen with your heart right now. Not, not your mind. I need you to listen with your ears, not your mind. And, um, and I said everything that I, that I know she needed to hear and that I needed to get out to not protect my ego to that point. And I just realized that in that moment, this is what I do. This is how I, I self-sabotage. I, I protect my ego. This is how it is when someone I subconsciously feel gets so close to me that I'm like, oh, all systems go, protection wall up. And it sucks. It's mm. extremely hard to do, um, to, to let go of that because I fear of getting hurt. I have, I have that control of the exit door because I'm afraid that the ones closest to me who can hurt you the most will eventually hurt me. And I won't be able to recover. It's like a huge fear of mine. Also, too, change is hard. And change isn't easy and change isn't fun. Sure. Sometimes, too, what's easier about protecting our ego is that mm. no action is required. Because mm. we cut it off, we leave, right. we exit the scenario, yeah. and then all we do is move on to the next. Because yeah. we never got to that point where we actually had to do something differently. Sure. And when I got to the point where I had to do something differently with my wife, I used to say, why well, didn't sign up for this? It's back to what we said. Like I would just think that this person was supposed to complete me or this person was supposed to um, give me the answers to all my questions. And when I wasn't receiving those answers, when I wasn't receiving that, that false sense of completion, I would say, I didn't sign up for this. And I used to plan the exit strategy mm-hmm. in my head already. And then sadly, 
not vocalize to that person, in this case, my wife, what I was thinking and how I was feeling. It was just, I was so conditioned to run every single time. And it was like, I don't know whether it was therapy, podcast, Shay being my wife, you know, um, certain people uh, bring out different sides of you kind of thing. And I just had that moment of, of that hard look in the mirror, like, you know what, if not now, when? I got to stop running. Yes. I have to stop thinking that it's not me, it's them. Let's talk about why it could be so difficult um, for someone to take that hard look in the mirror. And I'm for me, for sure, uh, it was, um, I was lazy. Um, I was also very hmm, fearful that the inevitable, which was the work was so hard, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to sustain the change. What else could you um, add to that? Or, or maybe you could relate. Maybe you had some experiences where you were like, you know what? I know what I need to do, but I'm so scared to do it. Oh, 100%. I think I grew up with a really strong example of this where uh, my dad always said he was afraid of success. Mm. And again, it's like, I don't know how the term for this, but it's a way of um, martyrizing yeah. our faults, mm-hmm. like making our faults into heroes. Because wow. he would say, like, I'm afraid of success. Mm-hmm. So I don't try as hard as I want to because I'm afraid that my life will change so much. I won't be able to recognize the things that I actually enjoy right now. Mm. But as I grow, grew older, I really realized my dad was really afraid of trying his best at something and realizing his best wasn't good enough. Wow. And that's okay to get to that point. I think people are so afraid of that point because yeah. your best feels like a finite thing. Sure. Like if I give my best and I don't receive what I want, mm-hmm. what's left? Sure. What's left is more training, more preparation, yep. um, going back to the drawing board, yep. more creativity. Mm-hmm. So like your best is such a subjective term, but I yeah. think because people feel like there is a one single best version sure. or a best effort, they mm-hmm. don't want to expend that because once they do and they don't get the results, there's no hope left. Exactly. Hope is everything on that note. I remember when I was dealing with some depression stuff, self-doubt stuff, just bad day stuff. My therapist always told me, he's like, you always constantly need something to look forward to, something to make you hopeful. Because what that does for your brain, whether it's the um, endorphins or um, I forgot what it was, but it is everything for it. So once you lose that, you're like, why me? What's the point? So on and so yes. forth. And I think getting to that place is so painful mm-hmm. that people would rather not expend their hope. Right. And again, if you have a scarcity model around that, yeah. that's where that comes from. I think mm. once you get over that hump and you realize that you can always create more, mm-hmm. you can always do better, you mm-hmm. can always try harder. Yeah. So there's no possible way to get to a place where you lose complete hope in who you are. Mm. Um, and you feel like an utter failure and that like, you know what? Life actually can't work out for you because mm-hmm. you're not good enough. Mm. But like that's again, like even that, like I say that like when it comes to self, my self is whoever I consistently choose to be. Mm. So if I decide tomorrow I'm going to consistently choose to be edgier, mm-hmm. I'm going to consistently choose to be sexier, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If I do that over a series of days, that now becomes who I am. Sure. So I feel like if you have that concept mm. of self that is ever evolving and that is just a matter of choices, sure. then you don't have to fear that you're ever going to lose something you can never gain back. Yeah, it makes me think of the whole analogy of you're your only competition. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Stop thinking that everyone has this one size fits all idea or definition of success, of happiness, of love. Speaking of love, let's talk about how you and Jared have this beautiful equation of 
one plus one equals three. Can you explain that? So one plus one equals three is, I was saying to you, it was derived from this moment where somebody asked me, would you feel incomplete without your partner? And I genuinely do. Like whenever people say like you and Jared have a great relationship, there's no part of me that wants to be like, well, it's hard work yeah, or like, yeah. it's not always how it appears. It genuinely is awesome. Um, like yeah. that, like there's, if there's something I can say that I, I'm most proud of in my life, it is probably the connection that I have with my husband. But I, I put in so much work to get to that place and he sure. also matches that work. Yeah. Um, I think that so... For us, the one plus one equals three means we have this amazing relationship that we cherish so much, but ultimately, if I lost it, mm. would I be incomplete? Right. Even though it does bring so much value and joy to my life, I also think that if Jared and I stopped talking today, next week, or I don't know how long it was, Hague, but I feel like I wouldn't lose myself by losing him. Okay. So one plus one equals three means that like, hey, you can be a whole person who is fine by yourself and mm -hmm. self-sustaining and happy and can generate joy and purpose within and mm -hmm. motivation within and then meet another person who feels the exact same way. Then the two of you can create this third right. really awesome thing. Right. And so the truth is if we broke up, I wouldn't lose myself, but mm -hmm. I would lose this third thing that means a lot to me. Sure. And that would be the loss. Right. But I'd still be standing. Mm. Gotta let this marinate because that's... That's incredible. I, I had this idea, um, and, and I, I guess I knew what, what the outcome was, because I agree with you, but it's it's hard to say, especially if like if I'm around my wife. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like hard to hear that, but it is the truth. And I also feel like when people say that this is my better half, or um, I've been in situations where um, I've heard, this is my whole, he yes. is my everything, she is my everything. And it's like, well, what happens if that everything is gone? Oh, especially I think I reflected on this last night. Uh, having a child now completely changes that because, right. hey, what if I pass? Which mm -hmm. is a, a reality that you have to consider once you've got sure. another life that depends on you. I don't want to feel like if I pass, now you can't function anymore. Right. You got to be a whole person yeah. because our kid is dependent on that. Sure. And then, of course, too, like two whole capable individuals can bring mm -hmm. so much more value, mm. you know, to that, again, that third separate being, you know, sure. one plus one equals three also is the formula for having a baby. Sure. How, how do you feel about um, the balance between selflessness and self-worth? So a, a little bit more, right? So like Shay is, is one of the most selfless people I've ever met in my life to the point where she says yes to me and says no to herself. So that's the selflessness part. But then the balance between that and self-worth of, you know what? I, I know my worth. I know my value. I know what I need. Sometimes I can't answer your call because I actually need to do this. And you'll thank me for it when you get home because you'll have my undivided attention. How do you find that balance between selflessness and self-worth in your marriage or any relationships or your business or just life in general? I actually just did a video about this talking mm. about how pregnancy taught me so much yeah. about life. And one of the interesting things that I learned is the more that I prioritized myself, mm -hmm. the better I could actually be for other people. Yes, and that's 100%. fascinating because we think the opposite. We think like, oh, I can't do what I want to do. I can't eat what I want to eat or because I want to accommodate this person's feelings. Yeah. And I mean, mind you, that obviously works with food because like it's, <laughs> it's either you want pizza or you don't. Sure, um, sure. But in many ways, like the more that you're able to be true to your own needs, the more space that you have to devote time to others. Yeah. And that's actually the 
premise of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Hmm. And then it goes with like physiological needs, a need for belonging, a need for achievement. And then the last thing that people can do once they've accomplished all those needs in that order Mm -hmm. is tend to the needs of others or think about the philosophy or the why behind life. Mm. Like getting to a space of getting to go beyond self Mm. only occurs once all of your basic needs are met. Mm. So I think a lot of people metaphorically are starved and are thirsty and then are giving of themselves, but could actually never really truly give because there's so much of themselves that's empty. Yeah. Wow. It's it's one of those things I I, I have the analogy of uh, if you're getting ready to do a road trip, because I got to dumb it down. You, you just gave the most beautiful, articulate, eloquent answer. I have to dumb it down for myself. So here we go. Um, it's <laughs> like when, for me too. Yeah, when, when you're going to do a road trip, one of the first things you do after you pack all your stuff is you put gas in the car or you just check your gas tank. You wouldn't just start your drive on E, right? Your gas needs the TLC that you need in yes. order to perform the way you know it can and it should perform, right? And again, back to... The relationship standpoint if you deplete yourself of all that you know you need in your love tank back to the love language analogy what can you then give what's left rather to give to your partner so that's why i've always said on here self-love isn't selfish it's important yes it's essential mm-hmm. and the other beauty of of knowing um how to love yourself and your self-worth and actually then doing those things is now the partner that you're with knows how to love you when to love you, how much to love you, right? But let's talk about how, let's say you're you're single and you- That was an exceptional nugget. I hope everybody really oh. ruminates on that. Thank you. Some, some, sometimes I think the dumbed down, I'm like, I'll be editing and I'm like, dude, what? of course, that's common sense for people. But common sense isn't so common. Oh, no. I mean, we talked about this <laughs> yesterday too, how like I had that arrogant- um, mantra at the top of this year of like oh, yeah. basic quotes are for basic bitches <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. not a basic bitch so I don't <laughs> listen to basic quotes right and then I like quickly realized that like no basic quotes are there because like they're true sure they're repeated often because mm-hmm. they work yeah they've been time and tested yes and here's the most simplified version so you know you'll remember that um, but I want to talk about when someone is single and they're working on themselves and they could get to if, if this is the perfectionist out there and they get to the point where you become obsessed with the work that you actually never take off the training wheels because you're so afraid that all that you've been training and all that you've you've revamped yourself to become, you can't just give that to anyone and you're so afraid that someone will hurt you. Leads me to say, can you complete yourself while being with someone else? Or should you complete yourself before you end up with someone else? I think that... This kind of goes like there's more than one way to skin a cat. <laughs> yeah. So both answers are cat true. Cat or cow? Cat. Is it a cat? It's definitely cat. You want to skin a cat? Let's, let's skin a cow? In the comments section below. <laughs> <laughs> there's more than one way to skin a cat, but there's not more than one way to say this phrase. You skin a cat for sure. There you go. Um, <laughs> yes, it is true that you can absolutely find love without loving yourself. Mm-hmm. But I, I always say this in terms of my career. Mm-hmm. Like I'm 35 years old. I'm older than you. I mean, by a year. Okay. Well, I just felt like saying that. I wanted to stunt for a second. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> um, I used to describe my journey to success yeah. like the person walking up a mountain. Okay. And for this mountain, there are ski lifts. There are cars. Mm-hmm. 
there are dirt bikes. Mm -hmm. And so some people get up way quicker. Right. But I'm the person that you're, and like a lot of people I'll see in the comment section of like, oh, I haven't followed you in like 10 years. And like, it's cool to see that you're here now. But it's not like that person that you're like, oh, I haven't checked in on Shambuti in like 10 years. And like, she was here before. And like, now look where she mm -hmm. is. It's like a logical sure. chain of events. You're mm -hmm. like, okay, you've been walking for 10 years. Yeah. So you might as well have been here by now. Right, right. And that used to make me really bitter. Like I'd watch other people zoom past me. Yeah. I've know multiple people who started doing what I do for a living and like got far very quickly. Sure. And what I thought was, you know, made me feel like uh, resentful towards that. I actually was very grateful for it because mm. it's so much harder to tear down what I've done because I've built it brick by brick. Right. I didn't get a boost where all of a sudden I was zero to hero. And I don't actually know the work that goes from here right. to there because I skipped over those steps. Mm -hmm. um, having to do everything so mindfully makes it so, again, like the one plus one equals three. It's very hard for someone to take away big par core parts of who I am sure. because I've had to earn that grain by grain. Yep. So when you do fall in love with somebody and you don't love yourself and then they love you enough to fill that gap mm -hmm. when they leave i don't know if you're going to know right. the process to actually loving you and you're in the same position again of hoping someone else comes along who can like fill in those for you or mm. do that work for you or, or do it the same way that that person did which is not going to happen yeah yeah so i think it's just it's possible sure but it's just always more advantageous to mm -hmm. know that you can do that for yourself especially something as important as self-love how much is enough before you get involved into a relationship how much completeness we'll call it do you think is enough as a good foundational base to then enter oh i'm so glad you asked i have a bomb ass answer oh, let's for self-love it. <laughs> i would date me mm. if I had options of tons of people. Mm -hmm. I would hire me if I was in a position to hire. Yeah. In essence, if I had an option to be someone else, I would decline and I would still choose to be me. Wow. So I think that's when you know you've reached a place of self-love, when mm -hmm. you would pick yourself. Sure. I love that because it's it's one of those things where you have to celebrate those wins that it took to get to the point where you can confidently say what you just said. Because a lot of people I think are like, oh, that's conceited or that's... Like, would you marry you? <laughs> um wow jd got some work to do jesus <laughs> um I, I i struggle because um okay this is good I, I struggle because i am a perfectionist so my initial thought was not yet that was my first thought as soon as you asked but then i'm like no no but i'm a work in progress and i am worth it as i always told shay um, I would definitely be more inclined to marry myself today as opposed to three, four, five years ago, 1,000%. Um, but I know how much work I still have to do, and I know how much um, repairing I have to do instead of repeating. Yes. So this is a tough answer for me. Um, I, I will say yes, but I would need someone who's really patient, mm -hmm. and I have that. And my wife. Oh, that's so beautiful. I like that. Yeah. Shout out to Shay. It is what it is. I when I wrote this question down, I asked myself that what would it take for me to feel like, okay, it's now it's time to take the training wheels off. I am complete enough, so to speak, because I think you could be too complete where you find your. So let's go down the road of the the woman who is extremely successful. She's independent. She wants a man, doesn't need a man, but she's in her 40s. She has been battle tested. She has been there, done that. She's seen it all. She may have a guard up. Okay, let's just take this one particular situation. Let's say that that this woman has a guard up or this man has a guard up and 
they have worked on themselves so much that they have actually completed themselves throughout the process. And now there's really no room for molding or no room for someone else to come in. What would you say about that? Oh, it's a catch 22 because uh, I'm reminded of that Eartha Kitt um, Mm. clip where the interviewer asked her, what would you compromise for love? Okay. And Eartha Kitt was grown at this point. And she was like, compromise? (laughs) (laughs) Compromise for what? Yeah. Like, you're going to come in my life and I have to compromise? Mm. Like, nah, be like, not compromising a damn thing. If you can collaborate and if we can coexist, great. But I'm not changing me, who I know, and what makes me run optimally. And what's amazing about life in 2021 or modern day life Mm -hmm. period is you can make that choice. Sure. You don't need a partner the way that we used to. There's Mm -hmm. no bears coming. I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need you to fix like plumbing. I don't need you to get groceries. There's Instacart. Like, you genuinely don't literally need Mm -hmm. another person. So you have to create a space of need for yourself or acknowledge that that exists yeah. or have a strong want. Mm. Um, and if you don't have that, no stress, live by yourself. Sure. I know tons of people who are permanently single mm-hmm. and are really happy. Sure. But if you know you want partnership right. and you know that you need it, then you do need something. So it's impossible for you to get to a place where you're like, there's no space for anyone to fit. Mm. Um, and if you're not making that space, then you're protecting your ego probably in sure. some case. And then sure. not admitting where you do want partnership. Mm. Um, Maybe I fell into that bracket a bit. Hmm. How of, so? I think I was afraid to admit to somebody that I needed them. Hmm. So if I was ever getting hurt at mm-hmm. all, mm-hmm. I would resort to that. I think I still do that to Jared to this day. Like if we get into an argument, my brain will go to like, okay, back to being alone. It's fine. I can yeah. do this. Yeah. Rather than being like, I'm terrified at the prospect of not having you around because you provide so much value. Sure. And as a result, this compromise is not that much to ask of me. So I I don't know. Mm. I, I just, This is a terrible answer because I don't no, know no. how to answer your question. But no, no. I think you answered it great. I do. Don't 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 do this to me, JD. Okay? No, no. I'm not even stroking don't your ego. Don't stroke my ego. And fear that it's gonna, you know, the ego protection. I'm serious though, because there's no right or wrong answers. That there's no right or wrong. Or there's one way to skin a cat. What's the saying? There's more than one way. There's to skin more than a cat. one way to skin a cat. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, so there's more than one way to answer that question, um, but I know it's an important one because I I know women who are in their 40s who want a man. They want a family. But I guess my biggest question is, do you know what you're going to need to make room? Well, I guess let's answer that question. So you answer that question for yourself. What is it that you knew that you needed out of partnership that you couldn't get just by yourself? Mm. And that's what's going to inspire compromise out of you. Sure. If you can't answer that question, then you're going to be in the Eartha Kit scenario where you're like, I'm rich. Yeah. I have tons of things in my life. I have everything that I need. Mm-hmm. I'm not compromising a damn. Right. I'm still thinking, but go ahead. I'm, I'm listening. That's, yeah. Because I, I actually got to a point before Jared, actually, mm-hmm. where I was convinced that I was better off living alone. Okay. Because every experience I had living with somebody else, especially living with my ex, mm-hmm. was awful. Okay. And I really did enjoy living by myself. Sure. And I really did function very well. So I thought to myself, because there's this uh, concept called LAT, which mm. is living apart together. Okay. And that's couples who are adults, mm-hmm. you know, not because they're like living with their parents, mm-hmm. but who say like, we're together, but we are never going to move in. Wow. We have our separate houses. We still date and see each other. We're in a long-term commitment. We might even be married. Wow. But we're living apart together. Hmm. So I kind of mulled over that concept. Mm-hmm. But then 
when Jared moved in for those three weeks, I was it was incredible. I feel like a big perk of of partnership for me is like doing life by myself is so hard and so exhausting. Yeah. I was thrilled to have somebody else that I <laughs> yeah. could unload those responsibility responsibilities on. Mm-hmm. And two, having somebody who I could spitball all of my ideas off of. And you mm-hmm. know what I needed from Jared? Let me answer this question very succinctly, actually. What I needed from Jared is that somebody out there in this world who believed I was a good person above all else. Mm. And I don't think I had that in anyone else other than him. Wow. And when left to my own devices, I could probably take on the road rage of other people sure. or you know the criticism of my parents or whatever mm-hmm. else it is that you're constantly getting on this negativity. Mm-hmm. Having somebody who lived with me, who was at home with me, who always reminded me like, you know you're a good person. Right. That I mm-hmm. needed yeah. desperately. Mm. Is your love language words of affirmation your number one? No. Uh, I should actually redo the test because it used to not be that. Mm-hmm. It might be now. Okay. I only ask because I can relate to that. I mean, for me, and, and I sit here and think, um, to, for my answer for your question is, um, I knew that I got to a certain point in time where I needed a partner that I could trust. Not so much the cheating and stuff like that. I mean, like, trust that I can ask for your help. Trust that you're going to have my best interest when asking for help. Trust that you're not going to judge me when I come to you in a vulnerable, transparent way. Um, trust that we will get through life because it will happen together. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to work um, for each other, not against each other. Those were things that I so desperately craved throughout my entire life being raised by a single mother. It's not her fault, but it's just one of the things that comes with it, a product of that environment. Um, but that's, I think, in large part, too, why words of affirmation is my number one love language, because I need essentially that hype man. You got this. You could do this. Don't let blah, blah, blah. Um, because I, I can't provide that for myself. If yes. I'm being totally honest, I have tried. I am very confident in a lot of things, but there are certain things that God help me. I'm just not. And I know that's when I need my partner to step in. Yes. One of the things that, um, I, I think that that's actually a good point. Cause I think that's for me, um, I'm a very critical person and very analytical and yeah. judgmental and that's served me in many ways. Right. But it, it, it's a very difficult barrier when yeah. being kind to myself. Right. And I did need that. And I happened to choose yeah. the, one of the nicest people to, um, oh to partner with. 100%. And Shay as well, too. Yes. Sweet as all pies. Yes, absolutely. Not only can I relate, but I really dug deep this morning on my definition of self-sabotage and then trying to think about specific situations for me. Um, some of the things that I found was... Um, the fear of vulnerability often leads to inadvertently causing pain to others. I have done that my fair share in past relationships. People with this fear often become distancers, or as we know from the attachment theory, avoidance, um, where they used well-honed methods to keep others at arm's length. Some become intentionally buried in work, school, or other activities. Some simply disappear at the first sign that a relationship is becoming intimate. That was me. So in thinking about all this, it says, still others perform an elaborate dance of push and pull, drawing in a potential partner only to pull away emotionally when the other person gets too close and then drawing that person back in once distance has been reestablished. That resonated with me because that's the, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to break up. And then the, hey, stranger, text. Yeah. I realize now more than ever that that's what I would do. I was self-sabotaging myself in these relationships because deep down, I don't trust marriage. 
I said this in, 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 um, Shay's presence in marital therapy. I said, I don't trust marriage. I've never seen it before unless it's on TV, whether it's a movie or TV show. And I just don't trust it. Here I am like so desperately wanting something that I've actually never seen before. I've never felt before. I've never been able to put my eyes and witness it in front of me before. And so in past relationships, knowing that I always dated with the intention of marriage, which I know you love, um, (laughs) (laughs) I used to now I realize self-sabotage because I was like deep down, I don't even think this is possible. And then when I would realize that I missed that person, that's when the Hey Stranger text came. And so all this to say. I want to let you say that, but then I also know there's so many women in particular in relationships with boys Mm. who are hanging on your every word and being like, so he does love me. No. Mm. Sometimes he got bored. Mm. Like that's what we talked about too, that like self-sabotage, I mean not self-sabotage, ego protection. Yeah, okay. And it can look the exact same as disinterest because that what you just described is the dude who's like, I know that this woman is not it. Yeah. We keep using binary terms, too. It happens, of course, across the board to everybody. But Mm. the story that I hear a lot in my DMs um, is the story of a cis heterosexual woman who is like, yeah, like, you know, we get really close. And then he like, you know, uh, puts space between us. And then he disappears and he comes back. And, you know, I just know he's afraid to love. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know if it's that. He just gets bored. And then he yeah. knows that you're going to be available. So he reaches back out. And then he gets reminded that he's bored of you. And then does the exact same behavior. Yeah. And so it's not that you have to try harder to like show them that you can truly right. love them. Right. You got to just realize like we're not aligned. We mm-hmm. are the same people. You don't see value in me. Right. In how much value I have to offer. It's time for me to find somebody who does. Yeah. It's no longer serving me. I have to let it go. And when you said that yesterday about the ego protection versus just not wanting the person or not liking the person anymore or the situation, um, that was me in one of my relationships where I remember she came to me after um, we had established we were going to break up. And she's like, are you self-sabotaging and yourself in this relationship? And I remember thinking... Definitely not. I just don't want this anymore. Still, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but she's like, no, like you really do love yeah. me. You're just afraid. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, look, gaslighter. I was the president of the gaslighting company. I, <laughs> you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Like, I just don't want you. I don't want this. And deep down, I know you don't eat. You know, this isn't what you deserve either. Um, so but how does thank someone you. know the difference? Which one? So the difference, it's the same exact behavior. So with you, with Shay and your ex, it was yeah. the same behavior. Mm. How would the person who's involved with you know whether or not you don't care or you care so much that mm-hmm. you're pushing away because you're afraid? Yeah. If you were to give like tangible takeaway, like what yeah. are the top three ways that you can tell if your partner is sabotaging or okay. if your partner is just not interested? I don't have an answer to this question, to be honest. Oh, with sure. You. No worries. I'm going to try. Um, I think just not liking and not wanting the person is ghosting. Uh, essentially I, I think it's definitely that i think it's a very clear obvious i don't want you but the person is in denial with accepting that now again for me self-sabotaging in the early parts of my relationship now marriage shay knew that that was me ego protecting that was me protecting my heart i don't have the solution or answer that that allowed her to finesse my ego protection because she just gave me this sense of security like it's okay. I got you kind of thing. Cause I never felt that way before. Um, I think another way of differentiating the, differentiating the two is, um, with self-sabotaging. If, as long as you know, your person's past, Shay knew my past. 
She knew that this is my trend. This is what Justin does when he gets really close. I'm just going to sit here, let him have his tantrum, and I'll be here when he's ready to come correct. Now, I was able to allow her in to my past, right, and, and being very informed by it. So, therefore, she was able to know in the past I didn't do that. Um, but I also think, too, for as far as the just I don't want that person, I think you have to ask yourself, is this relationship serving me? Like, even if this person is ghosting me or even if this person is saying one thing and acting another way, is this what I want kind of thing? Mm-hmm. I know it's a little off off tangent, but is this what I want? Because that is is in your control, I think, to a certain degree. Um, and that's all back to the self-worth and self-value system, I think, is as long as you're very clear on that, um, I think you kind of have your answer regardless of their actions, regardless of what they're saying. Because I think for Shay, she was like, this is what I want. I know Justin is my person. We have a lot of work to do, but I know he's the one. Yes. So... Let me try to think of the times. I'm going to say something that might not be right. Okay. But I think for me, whenever it was somebody who I was afraid of and I ultimately thought I wasn't good enough for, um, I would ghost when I was down because I didn't want them to Mm. see me at my weak points. Yeah. And if it was somebody that I wasn't interested in but I needed for like an ego boost, I would show up when I was down. Right. Um, so if, if I reach out to you on my high points and I try to rekindle mm-hmm. and I'm, if I'm doing that, come here, go away thing, but I only really show up when things are together in my life, it's probably indicative that I'm ego protecting by not being consistently present with you. Mm. If I only show up in your life when, when my thing, when things are going poorly for me, it means I don't really like you that much, but I yeah. do like how you make me feel good. Right. In this particular moment, especially you yeah. boost my confidence mm-hmm. or you, you show you make me feel more important than I actually feel about myself, and that's why I'm coming around you. And that's kind of what Jared did, right? What he came at me a low is low point or is high point. You would come to him high or low, and he would show up the same way for you. I didn't with to give Jared. You that reassurance. What was interesting about Jared? What makes his ex- experience of him very unique is I never had an intention for him yeah. beyond the day. Right literally the day mm-hmm. um like there would be times i'm just like i may not call that dude again and not in a <laughs> negative way but just yeah. like oh i didn't enjoy our experience today right. maybe this is it yeah but i think in the past if i met somebody i have one guy in mind who like i just perceived as so much better than me and so much greater than me mm-hmm. i knew that i did a lot of ego protecting by like cutting things off yeah or like being very evasive or mm-hmm. um acting out in bizarre ways sure and coming and going but i usually only show up again when i felt like look i'm shining and I'm cool yeah and I would leave when I started to feel weak and vulnerable because I never wanted them to see me in that light did you ever show up for Jared in that low light we'll call it no actually that's not because I lied to Jared a lot oh okay I lied about my age oh, okay um, <laughs> I <didn't know> that. because <laughs> I think I wanted to present myself as greater than I was and I was embarrassed because when Jared met me I was 30 years old um, living at a studio apartment in a place that looked like a rat infested motel. Wow. I moved out of that place because I got bed bugs. And wow. if you saw where I lived, you'd be like, oh yeah, like that's the president of the bed bug club. Like, of course you got bed bugs there. Wow. Um, so I felt I was so embarrassed at where I was at in life mm-hmm. that I didn't want him entering into me and judging me through the lens of like a 30 year old woman. Mm-hmm. So I told him I was 28. So I could <laughs> be like, you know, I got a little room to go. I got grow. a little room. Yeah. This I got, is temporary. I got a couple years. This ain't, you know, I could be here forever. <laughs> By the time I'm 30, I'll have a 
bedroom. Yeah, it so won't also be my bathroom and my kitchen, kitchen. Yeah. and my living room. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, Interesting. So I, maybe, I guess maybe I was wrong in saying that I never did that with Jared. I did. Okay. I, I created a facade because I was in, afraid of my weak points. And maybe if I didn't care about the person, mm-hmm. I would be like, yeah, here's all my faults, but like, tell me I'm actually great. Cause that's sure. what I need from you. That's what I need to feed my ego. Yeah. And mm. that's what you're here for. Yeah. Mm. So that's a good uh, segue for final takeaways. Um, as, as we just gave a ton, um, any other final takeaways that you want to add again, just self-sabotaging self-worth or anything that comes to your mind? I feel like the final point that I want to make for, I shouldn't yeah. look at the camera. It's not my show. Oh yeah. No, this... <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. I hate people do that on my show. People oh. come on like I despise that. Okay. And they're like, I'm like, no, no. It's me. I talk to the people. This, this is the you only talk one. To you me. look at the center cam or me, and that's it. Well, you can look at that is your cam for a reason. So knock yourself out. Because I picture when I look at this camera, you get like wheeled away with a cane. Like now you're no longer. Needed. Oh no! I go th- listen for this episode. The people are primarily no, no, here I'm for just you. Joking. So go ahead, knock I'm yourself out. To you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing I would say is, don't be afraid of giving everything that you have and finding out you're not good enough because that's actually the greatest action point because mm. now you know okay all that i've done and prepared i've wondered if it was enough now yeah. i know it's enough yeah. not so now i know to do more right like robert green yeah it's your I, boy i only have you one, and jared yeah it's it's sad but <laughs> he said that failure is the greatest gift yeah. and he said one of the best things that happened to him was his failed book because he was on a roll Mm. of like hit after hit after hit. And yeah. so he wasn't changing or growing. Mm-hmm. He was just repeating the exact same formula because there's no call to action when you're succeeding. Sure. But it was when he had a terrible book that his next best book, which I think is his greatest book, came out. Which one? Laws of Human Nature. Okay. So he did a book with 50 Cent that was like basically got rejected because oh. pe- people were like, this is not good at all. Yeah. And that knocked him on his ass and he realized that like, oh, all that I've been doing is not enough for what I want to do next. Mm. So I have to do more. Right. Um, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of loving somebody with all your heart mm-hmm. and learning that even if you give your all, you may not be enough for that person. Right. The unique thing about life, though, is that enough is subjective. Yeah. Because maybe you're not enough for them, mm. but the next person that you meet that could be exactly what they're looking for. Exactly. Um, mm. I always think it's better to err on the side of self-improvement mm-hmm. because why not? Sure. Strive while you're alive. Mm. Um, so that would be my takeaway. Strive while you're alive. Put that on a t-shirt. I like that. It, it reminded me um, of when my therapist told me, uh, February 2017, when he checked me, just <laughs> no problem. He was like, look, I just ended my um, officially, finally, like com- completely t- um severed all ties he said you're always one foot in and one foot out in relationships and i tried to deny it nope he said you're always one foot in one foot out and he said the the problem justin is you're never going to fully be able to see a a relationship in the most beautiful way possible and and, and all that it has to offer until you're finally all the way in and he said why do you think you're always one foot in one foot out and he, we came up with self-sabotaging and stuff like this and, and childhood stuff he said, but I'm going to give you the best thing I can give you, which is relationships are always a win-win scenario. The obvious win is if it works out, but there's still a win. And if it doesn't work out because you were well, number one, realized you're, you're capable of actually trying something with all fear right in front of you 
to know at least I was able to show up. At least I could be both feet in this relationship, not just one. That's number one. Number two is even if the relationship doesn't work out and you realize it's no longer serving you, so let it go, you're going to have so many life lessons and relationship and love lessons and communication lessons and conflict resolution lessons to take into the next relationship. And he gave me all of these analogies. They're way too long for this. But the point is, is that the one foot in, one foot out situation is never going to work. I know we know that. Because then when it fails, you're like, oh, it's because of my other foot wasn't in. You always have that crutch. Yes. And when you get rid of that crutch and you have nothing to necessarily lean on to roll with the metaphor, you're still going to fall eventually, a.k.a. fail. But when you completely submerge yourself into love, into your relationship, there's always going to be a win-win as long as you continue to have that glass half full analogy of I will gain something from this, whether it's my life partner or all the life lessons I need to find my future life partner. So I'll add that. That was great. Um, okay. Looking at the camera again. <laughs> stop. Stop flirting with me, people. Yeah, That's the real problem. Come on now. Okay. Time for the fun part. Not that this wasn't, but the round of rapid fire questions. Have you ever watched any of Who Can Relates episodes? Yes. Oh, you have? I watched it. Uh, yeah. I watched wow. the, po- the Enjoy the Podcast one. Okay. Yeah. Any other ones? I no, I'm sorry. I watched the clips, JD. <laughs> God damn okay. it. I, just, <laughs> I did watch the Enjoy the Podcast. The one. reason why is because um, these round of rapid fire questions, if you've watched the show, you would know what yeah. they're coming. But it's good that you don't because I'm going to okay. get the raw uh, reaction. There's five questions. Question number one is every time I have a woman on the show, I selfishly ask this because my daughter is now a teenager. I know there's a lot of things that I won't understand, but I will do everything I can to try. What advice would you give your teenager self? Oh, man. Um, (laughs) Take your time. In all honesty, I would educate myself on my biological drives. Mm. I would educate myself on just biology, period. Okay. Like what happens with love, why it is not to get crass. You feel such a strong urge to be penetrated once you hit 16. Yeah. What is that? It's happening. Why are you driven to risky behaviors? Mm. So I think I would tell myself a lot because I did a lot of things because I was driven to do them, sure. but I didn't understand the drives, so I never tried to mediate those drives. Mm. That's maybe one of the most deep answers I think I've ever had from a woman <laughs> on that question. So that's that's perfect. Um, and I just don't know if I'll be able to have all those sex talks um, with my daughter. <laughs> this is why you want to be penetrated. Just understand. <laughs> It's not your actual drive and you won't <laughs> orgasm from it. It will give okay. you very little pleasure afterwards. And once the person is in, you're going to realize I never, this is not enjoyable. Yeah. Know why you're having that drive. So what I'm going to do when Adriana, if Adriana comes to me with this, I'm just going to play that clip. Be like your coccyx has now joined yeah. together. Yeah. You have a complete pelvic floor that mixed in with all the hormones that are being pumped through you is okay. making you believe that this is what you desire. Right. That's why it's happening though. Okay, mama, listen to Auntie Shan. <laughs> <laughs> Question number two. What would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? Oh, you know what? I actually apply this to dating and relationships a lot. Okay. Because statistically, I believe it's 80% of people will find a long-term partner by the age of 40. Wow, 80%? It is a crazy wow. high number. And that's based on the Singles in America study. So it's an American okay, study sure, sure. done by Helen Fisher, who's a yeah. great mind in this space. Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist for careers. No. Like 80% of people will find a career that's fulfilling. <laughs> yeah. 80% of people will be healthy. No, mm-hmm. nothing. So Just this love. is the one space that you can actually behave as if it's going to work out. Okay. So then when you do that, 
I'm going to actually plug myself right now is yeah. that I'm starting a program that's called Happy Main Character Energy. And in essence, it's exactly what you just said. Hmm. It's behaving as if in the end of this movie, it's going to work out in your favor. Mm -hmm. This movie was written for you to be the protagonist who gets what they want. Yeah. So you can give yourself to every experience because you know it's a part of the journey that ultimately leads you to... Happiness, the happily ever after. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Wow. I still can't believe that 80% at 40? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, question number three. What's one motto or mantra you live by? We know it's not the basic quote, so whatever. I'm going to go have. with, in this life, we all have trouble, but when you worry, you make it double. In this life, we all have trouble. It's that song. What in song? this life, don't worry. Oh, be, be happy. happy. Okay. Don't worry, yeah. be happy. And that's, I've been using that quote for a long ass time. I love it. I actually had that yesterday because I was, I'm going through a, a rough internet time. Okay. It goes in phases mm -hmm. where it's rough for one of two reasons. One, my engagement's down, which is linked to my livelihood. So it does like spark up sure. feelings of fear in me. My engagement was down and then my engagement went up, but it went up for negativity. And uh -huh. so then it was like back to back hits of like, this is like a very anxiety driven place for me. Sure. And then I was like reminded of that song of just like mm -hmm. that worriness. One. And then two, my dad has this analogy mm. that I love. Okay. Um, he said, it's, it pertains to social media, but I'm sure you can find it to something that's not as seemingly frivolous. But mm -hmm. a lot of people go to the park and sit beside the dog shit. Okay. So when we dwell on the negativity on social media, it's like you're at a park. Yeah. It's beautiful. There's mm. things happening. Most of the comments are positive. Sure. But you are choosing to sit beside the dog shit. Mm. Um, so sit somewhere else. Me and Jared sit next to the dog shit y'all sitting y'all jared Los is sitting, putting his nose in the dog yeah. shit los is at the the like on the tower like the bird's eye view just chilling just seeing it all he's throwing a baseball with somebody he, playing frisbee <laughs> playing frisbee exactly yeah. doing everything <laughs> okay question number four what do you want to be known for when you leave this earth so think legacy happy main character energy okay like she made life look fun like that yeah. was a life worth living. Mm. Mm. I love it. Okay. Last question. What does Shan Booty admire most about Shan Booty? Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Teach so your own you horn. If you ask the opposite question, I'd be like, da -da -da -da, I have the immediate response. And when um, you toot your own horn, take your camera. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I add discipline. Okay. Which I know that you also relate to discipline. Yeah, totally. Discipline for the win. Discipline for the win. Um, discipline. I'm really disciplined. Mm -hmm. And I show up for myself and do the hard work in hard conditions. I think I showed myself that in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. That I was like, you are one disciplined mm -hmm. mother mother. Mm -hmm. I can attest to that. Because I, when I used to come over, and you and Lauren, when she was here, getting the workouts in in the deck. Yep. Pregnant as hell. Yep. Like, like, should you be working out pregnant as hell? Like, just getting it. No, like knowing yeah. what I ultimately wanted for my life and yeah. what example I wanted to set for my child. And despite the discomfort right. of my body or the comments from other people who were like, you don't need to do this. You sure. don't have to do this. Being like, sure. no, I know what's right for me. And even though it doesn't feel great in the yeah. moment, mm -hmm. I know I'm going to be thankful later on. Yeah. Um, and I, I look back at that and I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, there's times in my life, like another time is when my first book came out, which was published in 2009. Mm -hmm. But I started writing it in 2005. 
Wow. So it took me four yeah. years. Yeah. And at that time, I had no brand, no nothing, mm -hmm. no publishing record. So I had no way of knowing that this project would succeed. Sure. But I devoted myself for four years to something that I had no idea <laughs> how it was going to turn out in the end. Yeah. And I spent day after day, mm -hmm. like, because it was an anthology. So mm -hmm. I had to collect stories from other people. Sure. And this is prior to there being trust on the internet. Mm. So I got called a creep. I got called all the names in the book, mm. but I devoted myself day after day to trying to collect these stories about sex from young people. Yeah. And I look back at that version of myself and I am blown away by her all the time. Sure. Wow. And I, I love that you just stayed at it. You're like, no, no, I'm going to see this through, mm -hmm. which is, which is um, admirable. Which is different than that first quote, because we do get to a place when we get older where yeah. ultimately we know some things are going to work out. Sure. We know the effort is going to match what we'll get in the outcome. Yep. Um, totally. But to give effort when you are unsure about the outcome, yeah. like that is bravery. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. hundred percent. Well, speaking of powerful bravery, all of that, this is the time of the show where I acknowledge my guest. Oh, nice. Yeah. So this is, there's a lot of like mind. pseudo endings here. Yeah. I'm like, when is this shit actually ending? When is it going to actually We had a final question, then done. we had a lightning round, and now we got a, <laughs> we had a final thought already. Exactly. Now we got a final, what's this called, this segment? Acknowledgement. The uh, final acknowledgement. If, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the only acknowledgement moment, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So in the um, short time that I have gotten to know you, um, like eight months, I want to say, um, only four without being pregnant funny enough, um, I have been completely blown away um, by your presence, by your discipline, funny you say that, um, by your willingness to continue to be the best version of yourself, which is which is very admirable, um, by the wife that you are now, by the mother that you are, and again, just how you are just like, in the best way possible, like a machine. I mean, you are like a very well-oiled machine. Um, I also admire and want to acknowledge the fact that you said that what you want to be known for is, is a, um, remind me again, but something happiness. Happy main character energy. Happy main character energy. I've never not seen you happy. I've seen you like, hey, JD, like, and I know damn well, like, I just want to say hi. Don't say another word to me. I'm going to go zone out right now. I've seen that, <laughs> which is fine. But this house, just like the other one, exudes happiness to me. You, what you and Jared have created is, and I don't mean to lump you with Jared, but um, is something that I strive for, like couple goals kind of thing. Um, I love it here. I loved it at your old house. As soon as you walk on the property, you just get this sense of like joy and happiness and and just the, and then you guys greet in, in this beautiful way. Um, I love it. I love you guys. I am. It's a complete honor to be in your life, to have you guys in my life in Shays. Um, and it's one of those things I'm like, what the hell was I doing this whole time without Chan and Jared? Um, and so last but not least, I love that. And I want to for sure acknowledge the role model that you are for women. Oh, wow. Um, I've, I've really taken the time to figure out who and how often to put people in my daughter's life. Um, I was ecstatic when she met you. Because I was like, this is a person that you need to pay attention to, that you can learn from, you can listen to and, and watch and learn kind of thing. But um, I see in the comments, I see your, your platform, um, the role model that you are to women and how they look up to you. And um, that is very difficult, I think, to say nowadays to people. So Do you give this to every guest you have. 
a moment of acknowledgement? Yes. Yeah. That yeah. is really, honestly, I'm just trying to think of how to respond to this. I feel like metaphorically the best thing I can do, because if this was a cartoon, <laughs> like I'd oh, be blown shit. away. Okay. I'm going to take off my wig for that moment. Oh, wow. Okay. That's what this made me feel like. Wow. Just be yourself? It just felt, no, it felt like I got blown, blown back. It's not even <laughs> coming off completely. That's how we're ending this podcast. Yes. Lady. Yes. This is, this is what who can relate did to me. Hey, well, I appreciate you for coming on. I will make sure everyone can find you um, and that they can also, you can have some more people to be a role model for. Um, and again, thank you for being you. I'm blown away. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was Right, I'm putting this on silent because there is nothing on cool. a Saturday That's right. that is going to be that interesting. Um, I wrote down for your bio, mother. Oh, first. Is that all right? I don't know how I feel about that. I know. I, that's, I'm so you know weird. what? It's the last thing in my bio. That's oh. not. Okay. But interestingly enough, sure. I have, I have mother, wife, author, sexologist, queen of creating content. See, I would reverse this completely, 100%. All You'd the way. Go queen of creating content, sexologist. I wouldn't be... I don't know if I... That's a toss-up between mother and wife. I actually don't have wife in my bio. <laughs> that feels pretentious. Wife. But you are that. I know, but it, it does... It feels lame to be... Okay. I, at the bottom of my... Um, about me, like, or my bio on my, on my website, yeah. it's like my personal bit is at the end of like, she lives okay. in Los Angeles with her okay. husband and her kid. Oh, God. Finn. <laughs> And her kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, Sham Booty. Yes. Not Brady. Not Boudreaux. You could do Boudreaux. I mean, this is the thing. It's a unique. I hope we're, this is the actual intro, JD. I hope you're not going to like go like. You want me to keep this in there? Welcome. And that, no, this is the intro. You just I said am it. I going to welcome. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> um, no, but I. Okay. Welcome. So, go ahead. Welcome to people. Well, wait. Is it booty? You want to go roll booty? You could do boot. It doesn't matter as long as it's not Shannon. That's all I. No, no. Shan booty. Yeah, you go. Let's go with you. Yeah. Okay. You Let's ready? do this. <laughs> Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Who Can Relate. Mm-hmm.